Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else. Even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. This week in league, Shane Hayne takes advantage of a rare Sunday afternoon off to book in an extra solarium session. They won't be making the men some eggs, but the NRL will stage a performance of slice of heaven or whatever the Josh Maguire does the residents of a small Australian town of Samoa proud after being selected in the national squad for the Four Nations. And we'll preview all of the action for and final day 2011, bro. All that and more this week in league. Welcome to episode 67 of This Week in League. I'm Nate. And I'm Glenn. Okay, housekeeping. Bear with us. I've got, fucking so, I've got so much shit on the housekeeping list this week. Probably more than the actual episode. So fast forward uh, 40 minutes if you if you want to, if you don't want to listen to this crap. Uh, first thing, the shop. The shop's up there. It was kind of a soft launch. Um, but the shop's up and running. Thisweekinleague.com forward slash shop where you can get the... Uh, Previously mentioned, um, like stubby coolers and hats. The, the hats, the flat pre-order hats, the baseball style hat. You can pre-order the shirts. You can see the designs of the two shirts up there, and you can click on them and enlarge them so you can get a good look at the designs. Um, just want to. I mean, there's been uh, a good few people that have bought some stuff already. Special thanks to um, to our listener and buddy uh, Kurt, uh, your at, buddy at Linear. Fucking bought up big. Yeah. Massive hat for every one of his heads. <laughs> Big, spe- big spender. Big spender. So I was going so to so so say special thanks. a small town in Tasmania, right? <laughs> so I was going to say special thanks to him because I mean, fucking massive, massive order and uh, very, very, um, I was stunned and uh, and shocked and surprised. Whatever, could. But, uh, but very, very, uh, very, very thankful for the support. Holy fuck. Okay. Um, what a legend. He's a total I take legend. it all back. No, I don't. I take some of it back. <laughs> the bit about him living in Tasmania was harsh. But, you know, I mean, at the end of the day, he reached into his pocket. Or someone else's pocket. He's from Lisbon. <laughs> Put out some cash and bought our stuff. Um, second thing, the Twillies. The actual uh, voting forms up late, but basically we just decided to have a, a a bit more of a think about the um, the the categories and the and the various options for the categories. But it'll be live by the time you're listening to it now. Um, and the voting period will go on longer this year. If you can remember back last year, if you were listening to the show last year. I think we had the Twillies at the same time as we wrapped up the grand final. Yeah, that's right. Um, this time, I think we'll make it a separate show, which will be the week after the grand final wrap. Mm-hmm. So uh, voting will conclude at midnight on Monday, the 10th of October. Quite so, inconsiderate of our work to um, get in the way of yeah, yeah. our show. And also the grand final issues require a lot more, a lot more organisation because we're going to it and have to you know, organise you know, various events and things like that around it. Um, so get your votes in by Monday, October the 10th uh, at midnight. And... Obviously, that's midnight of the Tuesday morning, so um, that gives us uh, some time for our uh, our external auditors to collate the votes and put them in envelopes like they did last year so we don't know who wins, and we can have a bit of a surprise just as well as you guys. Um, and with the votes getting, we'll give away some random prizes to people to get their votes in for us. Uh, next Vote thing. one, Glenn, for this week in league co-host of the year. 
if that if that actually appears on the, <laughs> the there's no the, you know you that would be the biggest lock in history uh, other than like Manly winning the grand final this year. You reckon I'd take that out? Oh, for sure. After the home, after the fucking the Manly brookie thing, and oh, no doubt about it. Really? Just the fact that Manly in the grand final would disqualify me from from everyone. I get, except for Manly fans, and I mean, I could probably rustle up a good few of those, but um, true. But I got the rest. <laughs> yeah, you got the rest. Every, Manly fans would go me, everyone else you. Um, much, much like, much like the support for the grand final, I imagine. <laughs> um, <laughs> events. We got two events, guys. First thing, we are coming down for the grand final, as you all know. Um, we'll be busting it over from Manly. We'll probably be getting A and Z about two two thirty ish, and we want to catch up with as many of you guys as possible. Are we um, allowed to like say what sort of bus we're going in? Yeah, we're going on like an epic, an epic, an epic uh, double decker uh, London, double decker London bus there, nay, gov. <laughs> on their way to football, straight from Manchester, Cork. Straight from the small Manchester town of Manly. Shine your shoes, governor. In the bus, <laughs> tuppence for me, suppence. Um, Pass me me fucking bourbon, then, eh, governor? Yeah, so we're going to be going on a London double-decker bus. It's going to be epic. We can we can drink piss on it. It's going to be awesome. Uh, we'll be getting to ANZ around 2, 2.30, I'd say. We want to catch up with as many of you guys as we can. Um, obviously, there's tons of you going to the grand final. Uh, we need to find a spot at ANZ, potentially inside, actually. Like, you know, is there a bar, like, around the northern end? I'm sure there'd be, you know, something like that. Oh, it'd have to be. Yeah, so... We're, it's we're been at the a while since I've been ANZ, I've got to tell you. Yeah, I think what we need to do is um, maybe when we get there... Situate ourselves, put a tweet out, and people can find us. I hear about people that go to ANZ regularly. Get in and tell us. us. Up. Yeah, well, okay. You listen. You guys are listening to this on uh, Thursday or Friday. Get in touch with us and tell us where we can meet at the northern end inside the stadium. Because I mean, imagine a lot of people will be going for the entire day and like getting there when gates open and literally camping in there the whole time. I'm not sure what the pass out situation's like. So just to to overcome all of that. We'll find a bar. We're in the northern end, so we need to, uh, a bar situation at the northern end where we can meet people. So if anyone who has any intimate knowledge of the inside of ANZ um, can give us some pointers, that would be great because I haven't been down there for three years. So Anyone yeah. that want, isn't a Manly fan that wants to babysit me, yeah. fuck, I'm going to get <laughs> bored with Manly people by the end of the day. <laughs> exactly. Um, and a, a number of you uh, also mentioned that you want to take advantage of our uh, hand delivery service for... Um, for items from the store. Uh, in that case, we're going to need your order in at the shop no later than 5pm on Saturday afternoon. That obviously <laughs> ensures that uh, we'll be able to have them packed and bring them down and not have to do a mad scramble the morning of our flight. Um, so yeah, 5pm Saturday afternoon if you want uh, if you want something from the shop and uh, we'll hand deliver it for you. Um, Someone's even requested an autograph from you only. Yeah. Fluffy fish. Yeah. Good bloke that. Yeah. Top bloke. Fuck did I ever do? <laughs> well, he's a manly fan. <laughs> I think that's why. I mean, Rude. Yeah, you know. Yeah, you don't want you don't want fucking you don't want Benji Marshall autograph on your manly jersey, do you? Of course you don't. He can autograph whatever the hell he wants. Second, Mad Monday. Just like every other team, we'll be having our Mad Monday Sydney edition anyway, the day after the grand final. It is going to be at the Opera Bar which is right beside the Sydney Opera House. You can get there by ferry or, or train to Circular Quay. There's also buses. I think they're on Macquarie Street, so they're close by, and there's actually parking there as well. This if you week want to drive. in league. This week in league. Uh, this week in league. Mad Monday. It's okay, quite fitting at the Opera. Okay, so you're doing the Opera thing. Okay. Oh, fuck. <laughs> Try and keep up. I know I generally operate at a level so far above your capacity... For that. understanding of ignorance. 
Yes. Um. Yeah. So uh, as Jeez. a jeez, <laughs> where's Full Stop Limited when we need that shit cut out? Ah, oh, he's there. He's in the background. He's creeping. Timmy, you know what to do. It's, it's, it's ripe. It's ripe for a for another ringtone or or it's a parody song. Um. But in any case, yeah, you, there's, there's, it's very close access. Uh, you can park there if you're driving. Um, it's close to ferries, trains, and uh, buses. We'll be there from about 11 a.m. until about 3 p.m., I'd say, 3 p.m.-ish. We're flying out at 5 p.m., so we'll need to uh, probably cab it from there to the airport. But, um, Are you paying for the cab? Fuck. The airport from there is like fucking 28 bucks. Really? Yeah. So you're paying for the cab or what? <laughs> I guess. <laughs> suppose if mainly we're not pay for the cab. Sweet. <laughs> Otherwise, I'll be like, fuck you. And my drinks for the weekend. <laughs> yeah, no. Um, we'll get there about 11 a.m. Uh, we'll be there at about 3 p.m. Uh, by all means, though, you know, rock up. Rock we'll up be there whenever. earlier than 11, surely. Oh, fucking depends. I mean, 11 a.m. is pretty early. I mean, it's the day after the night before. I mean, it could get messy. Yep. It could be messy, but we'll endeavor. I mean, I want to just put a line in the sand and say like 11 because it'll take us like 40 minutes to get over on, on ferry anyway. Okay. So, you know, it does... You know, it's a ferry, way. mate. Yeah. It's not a ferry. What does it I have say? wings and sprinkled pixie dust. You're a fucking it's fairy. It's a ferry. <sighs> ferry. <sighs> not a fairy. I'm being fucking... Tinkerbell. I'm being, I'm, I'm being instructed in the Queen's English. Fucking someone from Campbelltown. Exactly. <laughs> How does that feel? It feels that you have such a loose grasp on this great language of ours. It feels absolutely. I have to give you lessons. It feels absolutely ludicrous. Stop being a fairy. <laughs> you fucking fairy. <laughs> um, but yeah, so back to the point I was making. 11 a.m. till 3 p.m. is the time we'll be there. By all means, rock up later. Um, and you know, if everyone gets along great, and they're all, and there's no biffo between the fans, kick on all night. Don't just don't don't push someone down. Like I don't want to see anyone getting pushed down the stairs. I don't want to see anyone getting you know shit in someone's shoe. I don't want to see anyone getting a dog to lick their balls and get take a picture on the iPhone. That's not how our Monday mad Monday is going to roll. Some decorum, please. Yeah. I mean, we're not going to operate it like these other imbeciles. <laughs> I mean, we want to have a civilized affair where people just get drunk and talk shit. Um, and don't come dressed as a dog in the hope that something might happen. Yeah. And uh, don't come dressed as a camera player in case you attract dogs <laughs> to, to our little soiree. Um, <laughs> now, operabar.com.au, if you need any information on the venue, it's fantastic. Right next to the Opera House, you know, view of the Harbour Bridge, best best location ever as far as, like, you know, for you know, being picturesque. Um, but also the prices for the food and, and everything are really good. Come 3 p.m., we'll be able to see three Harbour Bridges. Yes. Well, we'll be we'll probably be seeing six of them by the time we turn up. Um, <laughs> that means I'll see six of you. If Manly win, oh. I mean, we will we will turn up drunk, and we may not have slept because you <laughs> because you're ecstatic. Me because you're I'm just for the like ride. trying to dull the pain. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, the tigers choke. Is that what you're saying? <laughs> We've had this. Finally, finally, uh, one more item: the podcast awards. Now this is something. Um, it comes from the states, but uh, all podcasts are eligible for it. It's the only. It's pretty much the only podcast awards uh, in existence. I mean, we had the. We got the award from iTunes uh, last year. That was the first time I'd even heard that iTunes did anything when we were informed that we had actually won. Um, and it's not like a. It's not so much a. It's like a, a curated list selected by you know Apple employees, I guess, uh, based on you know various factors. This, however, is one where. 
people submit shows that they want to see nominated for various categories. And then once the nominees are finalised, then people vote on them and, you know, and obviously then there becomes a winner. Um, now, and this is where you come in. Exactly. Now, they're fairly strict and there's a fairly strict timeline on this too. I mean, the entries have to be in by the, the end of September 30th. Now, these are based in the States, so that might mean you can still do it on Saturday. But if you're listening to this now on Thursday or Friday, take the time now, if you please can, to nominate the show. They're pretty strict on the submission of the form. So what you need to do, you can't just put This Week in League in every category because they'd have about 20-odd categories that, to fill in. What what we need to do is um, put uh, This Week in League and our, the URL for the show, thisweekinleague.com, in for People's Choice Award. And then if you scroll down towards the bottom of the form, there's the sports category. They're the only two categories that you can put the show in. And um, then at the bottom of the form, you know, you have to fill in a name and email address. You need to make it a valid email address. If it's not valid, they randomly test submissions. Um, and if the email address is invalid, then so is the nomination and so is the vote. Uh, and then there's a comment, comments field there. And um, when I went to fill it out myself, I was like, well, you know, I've got no real, I've got no comments about it. But then I read the terms and conditions of the competition. And the comments questions field is actually one where you kind of state the case for the show and why it should be included. And uh, what they do then is they take, uh, I forget what the exact breakdown is, but I think um, 40% of the of the weighting of your marks are on the number of people that um, submit the show. Then there's like 10% goes towards, you know, like the how many episodes the show's done and 15% towards something and blah, blah, blah. And then we'll find out in the in the weeks following um, the September 30th cutoff whether or not we are nominated or not. Um, I think Keep we're a great mind, chance. we're just little Aussie battlers trying to make their way in a tough-ass world. Exactly. That's... Against, like, high-budget productions. Exactly, exactly. Celebrity luminaries. People that are actually pre-famous, like Kevin Smith and, and stuff like that. Exactly. Um, some of his shows got it scooped awards last year. Um which is where I actually first heard about the awards. So going to bat for the underdog. Exactly. And there's no reason why... I mean, we, we should be able to, to jag a nomination, I think. If everyone... If all you guys get behind us, we should be able to at least jag a nomination. I don't have, have any illusions at all about uh, winning. But to get a nomination would be... In the sports category, would be unreal. Yes. And people's choice would be, be ridiculous. But um, by all means, that would be yeah, unbelievable. Yeah, I mean, obviously we're aiming pretty high for this. And, you know, if nothing comes of it, then so be it. But um, it'd be a nice little... Uh, Notch on the bedpost, so to speak. Exactly. And we've got a lot we've got a lot of Facebook guys, we've got a lot of Twitter guys, we've got a lot of listeners that are neither. Yeah. So if uh, everyone can uh, just, just take, literally it'll take two minutes. If you take two minutes, go to uh, podcastawards.com and uh, fill out the form, fill out the entry form, nominate us. It would be much, much, much appreciated. News. First story, Shane Hayne, Referee of the Year, Gornski. Referee of the Year, Shane Hayne has been overlooked for Sunday's NRL Grand Final with Matt Chechen to Holy officiate... Holy fake tan, Batman. Yeah, to officiate in, the, in his first decider, a long-time veteran whistleblower, Tony Archer. NRL referees coach Bill Harrigan said the decision to go with Chechen and Archer, who has been involved in the last four finals, was rewarded for consistent performances over three weeks of the finals. The appointment was not without controversy, however, after Hayne was this week awarded the Cole Pierce Medal as the game's best referee for 2011. Tony and Matt have been the best-performed referees throughout the final series, Harrigan said. They've proven to be a successful combination and have earned the right to referee in the biggest match of the year. The depth of our ranks has never been stronger and for Matt to break through and earn the right to officiate in a grand final is testament to the way he's performed in the final series. 
Well. He's Troubling Paradise. Oh, my God. <laughs> Shane Hayne, Bill Harrigan, Hugh Egos. I, I just think Matt Chechen. One with the bronze skin, one with the shoulder length flowing locks at one stage of his career. Look, Tony Archer, I've got no, I've got no complaint. I mean, he's he's the best referee at the moment. Um, well, you know, mostly on the balance of things, um, every referee has their moments. But Matt Chechen, his appointment, I swear to God, should just put, should take fifty cents off the price of the Warriors in the grand final. <laughs> if they're three dollars, they got to be two fifty, even two dollars. Honestly, I disagree. But I just, I can't believe that a bloke can be Matt Chechen's referee of the year. Well, they're saying decided yeah. that he's not. One of the two best referees in the game. But he has had some shit performances in the finals, in the last two weeks especially, and that's probably what's cost him the job. Um, Chechen hasn't come... Yeah, I must admit I haven't seen anything glaring from him, but uh, he's a renowned anti-manly referee from the very first game. His first or first half a game he ever had where he was on the sidelines, and uh, I think it was uh, Sean Hampstead or Steve Clark tore a hamstring during the game, he came on at halftime, Manly with a commanding lead, then basically penalised the shit out of them for the rest of the match, and they lost the game, and that was actually against New Zealand in New Zealand. Um, then, of course, he was the one that awarded the penalty to, to Preston Campbell. The, the, Not that the, anyone remembers this stuff, oh, but mate, hey. oh, Manly fans' memories run very strong with Chechen. I mean, the, the phrase Chechenated came from the Matt Chechen <laughs> teams, essentially. Um, mostly of which you know, is Manly. Um, good to see that um, the for the touchies, they've got... Uh, Two former NRL players, Luke Phillips and Henry Perinara. They're going to be the touchies. So I guess we're not going to see, because they're actually guys that have actually played a game, uh, we're not going to see anything like magical Brett Morris <laughs> standing a foot into touch and then going on to, <laughs> to score a try. Um, there'll be none of that this year, which is great to see. Yeah, a bit of, I mean, strange, strange selection, but at the end of the day, they're rewarding consistency in the biggest games of the year, and you can't really begrudge them that. And no. Not the first big decision Harrigan's made this, this year, as far as his... Um, you know, being in charge of the referees, and he's certainly not been afraid to, you know, to pull the trigger on things that yep. may be controversial or, or may be heavily criticised, and that probably speaks to the character of the bloke. He's he's pretty confident in what he's what he's doing and how he goes about his business. So this is no different. And overall, I think um, the standard refereeing probably has left a bit to be desired this year. But the way that Harrigan has stood up behind some of the decisions and been openly critical. Um, when his his referees have got things wrong and and come up and put his hand up, I'm a big um, fan of the article every week on the NRL yep. website actually, where he goes through the contentious decisions of the week and says, okay, this is why the referee was wrong, this is why the referee was right. He they include a replay of the incident. It's really good. He seems willing to to be more accountable for the decisions that he makes personally and also for the performances of the referees that he's responsible for. Um, if there's a blatant mistake, he Robert Finch ever was. So. Yeah, absolutely. And if there's a mistake, he won't, you know, he won't get come out there and just mumble and and defend the referees. I mean, if there's a mistake, he'll go, yeah, it was a mistake. And they usually find themselves, you know, back to Reggie's for a week yeah. or something like that. And you know, for his, it's his first year in the job. Yep. And I think he's done a commendable job. So I think so or too. Or him and Stuart Raper, I guess. So. Yeah. Yep. No, I'm a big fan. Next one, Warriors fans. This is an article that I thought was um, strange, and you think that someone had come to the party like Air New Zealand, but um. Warriors fans are getting stung massively with flight costs. Um, the chief executive, Wayne Scarra, said the club was confident of selling out their ticket allocation when they go on general sale, but a shortage of trans-Tasman flights is an issue for Warriors fans with the cheapest return flights to Sydney on Sunday retailing at over $1,000 New Zealand or $0.25 cents Australian last night. You stole my gag. Oh, really? Bitch. <laughs> Did you have a gag? Yeah, I had, some, I had something in, the, in my pistol. Oh, man, I'm Ready sorry. Ready to go. 
I'm oh, sorry, man. God damn it. <laughs> and, um, yeah, I got nothing. And the Warriors' best known fan, well, I, I don't know the guy, but yeah, maybe you do, Peter the Mad Butcher, Leach. He was urging fans to get a kayak and paddle across. Uh, Scarra said an urgent plea to the Department of Internal Affairs to secure a passport for Michael Luck's son, Murphy, who will be less than a fortnight old on grand final day to travel with his mother, Tony Lee, to the game was under control. And it's likely at an indoor stadium in Auckland, either the City Centre Vector Arena or South Auckland's Manukau Event Centre will host a mass screening of the grand final after the Rugby World Cup organisers said they would not show the game live on giant screens in the official fan zone at Auckland's Queen's Wharf. Isn't it funny how... The rugby union people, certainly New Zealand, with yeah. you know, it's a religion over there, but they seem very aware of, of of where their priorities lie. Yeah. Yet Australia's national rugby league broadcaster that paid God knows untold amounts for, yeah. for the rights to televise rugby league openly promotes the rugby union World Cup during rugby league telecasts. Yep. The funny thing is, though, they're always when they, that that game they're always promoting. Yeah. It's always it's always yeah it's 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 <laughs> always two or three hours after it actually completed, yeah. and so with things like Twitter and Facebook and everything, the results are fully blind. And I'd wonder, I really wonder what the ratings are like for games, other than ones that feature Australia or the yeah. All Blacks, say, because I know that if it was rugby league in that situation, I wouldn't be that inclined. To, I mean, yeah, other than from the fact that you know we do you know we do this show and yeah. as, and yeah, as a result endeavour to watch every single game of rugby league through the season, um, the first grade. If it wasn't for that, though, if I was just like a guy that didn't care, really have any vested interest in any result, I'd be like, fuck, I know what the result is. I'm not going to watch it. Yeah. Simple. I, I find it really hard to believe. This is a massive moment for, for New Zealand Rugby League, and I find it really hard to, to understand how someone that hasn't jumped on board and thrown on extra flights and and helped you know their fans pack out the stadium. As a PR or, or exercise. Least, you know, think- live sites throughout... Sydney or whatever. Like. Yeah, and you think of like two, two of the main airlines that, that, that uh, tend to service New Zealand be Emirates and um, Air New Zealand. Mm. You would think that one of those would just be like, you know, throw a jumbo on, throw a couple of, you know well, what I mean? They have like, to throw two on. Yeah. Like, really, the rest of them live here already. And that's a mass, <laughs> that's a, it's just a massive public relations win if they did that. But no one's come to the party yet. It's strange. I, you know, it just... Like we we all know how vocal New Zealand fans are. Yes, you know we've definitely. seen it firsthand this year already. Yep. Um, and I think that a lot of them are going to be deprived of the opportunity to get there and show their support by some pretty exorbitant prices. Yeah, yeah, you absolutely. Know. Like a grand. I mean, it's costing. Well, to be fair, it's costing us like four hundred bucks return. Yeah, return for uh, Brisbane. So. I guess we're paying comparable, given that you know for the distance. I guess, but sure. Yeah, I mean, that's I mean, about twenty two thousand New Zealand dollars. Yeah, you know, I mean, yeah, you could buy a house for that. Seriously, like you a, buy like three a, houses, like a nice in one downtown Auckland. Yeah, you could like a nice, like a like a total mansion, Russell Crowe's old house. Well, and a KFC store next door. Do they have KFC in New Zealand. Yeah, of course. You sure? Yeah. What do they sell there? Chucking. Chucking. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Oh, it's so lame, but I it still is. laughed. Yeah, um, yeah. Bad. Uh, the, no, no credit at all to uh, to New Zealand Airlines. The end. They're obviously obviously very consumed with the Rugby World Cup, as you would expect New Zealanders to be. But and that's probably what has actually minimised the amount of flights available too, because of people, from, you know, Australia to New Zealand, probably but flying across the sea. Wouldn't people already be over there if they were there for the World Cup? Well, you know, it's, it goes for a lot of weeks. 
what if you just fly? You're going for like you know you go over there for four days. You're going to take a Wallabies game in, you know, that kind of thing. How long does a boat take from New Zealand? Don't know. Ask Jessica Watson. I'd prefer not to talk to her at all. Thank you. <laughs> the ARL they blunder on Josh Maguire, emerging Brisbane Broncos star. Josh Maguire has been embarrassed by the Australian Rugby League's mistake in yesterday naming him in the Kangaroos train on squad, despite his status as a current Samoan international. Maguire said he was excited to be called into the train-on squad for the upcoming Four Nations series in Britain, but <laughs> he's then been told by red-faced ARL officials that the selectors have made a blunder in naming him in the squad. Broncos teammates Matt Gillette, Ben Hannett, Justin Hodges, Corey Parker, Sam Thiday, Jarrell Yao Yi, and retiring skipper Darren Lockyer were also named. ARL Chief Executive Jeff Carr confessed to the gaffe with Maguire unable to be considered for Australian selection because he's tied to Samoa until the 2013 season. The selectors were unaware of Josh's eligibility status, said Carr, who admitted the situation had not been helped by an illness that forced Bob Saunders, who coordinated the selectors' phone hookup at home early yesterday. Who knew that Josh McGuire was some Australian? Not I. Not I. Did he play for Samara in the last World Cup? I have no idea. How old would he he's be? He's too young to... He's too young. He must have... That's 08. He's only twenty one or something, isn't he? Yeah, but we had remember we had the there was a Samoan and Tongan were playing games, you know, around the Four Nations. Oh last yeah, year, true. Yeah, yeah, yeah. So it would have been. I'd say he's he's jumped in there because you know great to get a you know great to get a match. True. We spoke about this last year for the Four Nations with some of the selection rules, and I just think that international rugby league is at such a state at the moment where they need. They need to be flexible with the rules. Yep. I just there's not enough quality players for countries. You know, certainly outside of Australia and probably New Zealand. Well, New Zealand would struggle to field two like, full sides, full strength sides yeah. capable of competing with Australia. Yep. Right? England can't field one. Yep. You know, I just I think you got to be a bit flexible with the rules. Oh, England! England could field a fucking side of entirely Burgesses. <laughs> Burgeyes. I just, yeah, I, I think it's it's been pretty poorly handled. Like the guy would have been over the moon, and then all of a sudden, no, oh, no, sorry. Yeah, but he would have known too. He would have known better than them, I think. You think? Yeah. It's Josh McGuire. I'm, mean, I'm sure there's some sort of paperwork. I mean, when you go, okay, I'm going to play for Samoa. I'm sure there's, yeah, there's some sort of indication. Okay, then you play with Samoa on this date, therefore by the rules of blah blah blah, that you know you won't be eligible to play for Australia, or you know, therefore you know origin blah 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 until mm. this date, which is X amount of time after the time that we're just you know of, of today. Yeah, bit of a harsh call, but I mean at the end of the day, as good a season as he had, what he wasn't was he really that big a hope of getting a run for Australia in the Four Nations? No, none. So. New Zealand anthem to be sung before the grand final. Brew. <laughs> Gonna be great, brew. God Defend New Zealand will be sung before Sunday's grand final along with Advanced Australia Fair after NRL officials decide to acknowledge the Warriors' presence in the decider by having both national anthems performed. I find it hard to believe that they expect Benji to defend New Zealand even though he's not playing in the game. Benji can't even defend himself in a Maccas at 3am. <laughs> or I guess he can. <laughs> Damn straight he can the suggestions were that only the Australian anthem was sung at the 2002 Grand Final because they felt God Save the Queen would also have to be performed for the Roosters' English pop prop Adrian Morley. But officials Jeez. insist the New Zealand anthem was also played. NRL operations manager Nathan McGurk said the crowd harkens in at the Warriors' <laughs> other final matches. I love that guy's name! 
<laughs> You're very easily like, amused. Sorry? You're very easily amused. Oh, just... He's got to... Sure, he should work for Steggles or someone. McGurk! <laughs> um, the crowd hucker is going to be there on Sunday as well, just before the teams take the field. Isn't that com- isn't that just like it's pretty funny? I mean, it's, it's very non. That's coming on strong. The crowd harker. Yeah, but it's it's very it's very uh, non intimidating though. I think because it it happens like a guy facing the crowd and they sort of doing it to each other. Like there's a guy leading it on the field, doing it to a portion of the crowd. Yeah. And so there's none of that, you know, like face to face thing and uh, you know advancing. You know. But it fires know, them up to like yeah. to be really vocal through the game. Yeah. I oh, think I might partake in a nude harker in the. Yeah. Oh, did I say nude harker? Yeah, you do it. The only problem is it's not going to. It'll happen the opposite side of the field to us because you'll do it down the the end. The how cool will I be doing a nude harker in amongst all the manly fans? <laughs> I could be the most po- popular bloke in that entire stadium. You may be, or the most dead. Yeah, <laughs> dead before <laughs> dead before you hit the ground, <laughs> dead before your pants hit the ground. <laughs> <laughs> but um, I I think it's a it's a good thing. Um, they'd kill me with their cynicism. The, there's absolutely no reason why why the New Zealand anthem should be sung because it's not an international match, but I still think it's a good thing and um you know it's a good thing for the crowd and yeah damn straight don't be a narc yeah exactly. Let him play that's the national anthem yeah so hey I've got I've got nothing against it you just I, said you don't understand it yeah well I'm saying I don't think I mean you know if you want to think technically about it it's not an international match so you know it it shouldn't be but why not it's it's New Zealand Warriors. Oh, well, it's Manly versus the World, is what it is. That's yeah. fucking international so match should, in so anyone's should, language. So I should play the World National Anthem then. <laughs> Which is, I don't know what... America, fuck yeah. <laughs> <laughs> we are the world. No. No, that's not that. I'd kill it's myself. anything but that. I wouldn't get to see the game. I'd be stabbing my eyes out. Excellent. I might ears. just bring that on a Walkman. And okay, play cool, it cool. When we get when, when we take our time machine die. back to the 1978 grand final, where you have a Walkman, won community awards. Manly have had their first win of the week after being named the NRL Club of the Year at last night's One Community Awards. What? Who voted for that? Everyone, clearly, they won. The club received ten thousand dollars in funding from Telstra towards the Sea Eagles Reads program, which was named the best by an NRL club. Sea Eagles have been running the program, which uses players as mentors and tutors in uh, weekly reading sessions in public, Catholic, and independent primary schools for several years. Is that where five-year-olds teach a manly place to read? Generally speaking, um, the I think the the biggest advocate of the program, I think, it's George Rose. Does a lot of reading with the kiddies. He's awesome. He is awesome. He's awesome. And they've been doing it for a fair while now, but it's basically part of the team's weekly schedule every Tuesday. Other awards, Brisbane captain-elect Sam Thiday received the Ken Stephen Medal for his efforts to close the gap on Indigenous health and youth issues. Thiday, who will replace Darren Lockyer as the Broncos captain next season, was rewarded for his commitment to a wide range of community and charity activities this year, including his support of the Queensland Health Campaign Deadly Years, the Indigenous Family, the Child Support Service and the Institute of Urban Indigenous Health. And local Brisbane hamburger shops. And the Alhambra Bra cubicles. Among other winners at last night's One Community Awards was Sydney mother of seven, Penny Morgan, who donates more than 30 hours a week to the Kellyville Bush Rangers. How the fuck does she find time to do that? A mother of seven? What a saint. <laughs> Those kids are clearly raising themselves. <laughs> Holy Jesus. She's my hero. And uh, she was named the National Volunteer of the Year. And um, without knowing exactly what she does, just look at the statistics. The mother of seven... Thirty hours a year donated to the to the junior club that she um she donates time to, yeah. Give her the award. She's sounds ama- sounds amazing.
Recaps kicked off Friday night football. The mighty Manly Sea Eagles 26 defeated the Brisbane Broncos 14. Manly became the first side into the 2011 grand final by crushing the Broncos in front of a much better crowd of just under 32,000 at the SFS. Manly were on top from the third minute of the game when Matt Ballin reached out from dummy half to score a try and it was six points nil. The Broncos Jeez, blew a goal. well. He did. It's like, go, like go, a go. round two. It's like plastic man. Go, 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 yeah, you know, like the the rock dude, and then you got like you know the invisible the yeah. invisible woman. I'm well aware of the Fantastic Four, Nathan. And then you got John. Then you got you know Flame on Johnny. You know Johnny Blaze. I mean, they're all sort of named after what they do. Or I'm what they well are. aware of the Fantastic got, Four. And then, and then you got Reed Richards, who's Mister Fantastic. Nothing, no description, whatever of his stretchy nature. <laughs> he could be. He could be called Plastic Man, like you suggested. Well, he could be, but he's not. Or Elastic Man. There, there is a separate superhero. Stretch Armstrong. <laughs> <laughs> somebody look it up, please. The Broncos, Kurt, somebody. The Broncos blew a golden opportunity when Dale Copley knocked the ball free from Jack Reed when he was almost over the line and on the way to grounding the ball. And almost immediately after, Manly made them pay with a tryout wide to Hopper Brisbane Jr. Brisbane fans have their new scapegoat. Oh my God! Made them pay with a tryout wide to Hopper Jr. for a ten nil lead. The lead was extended to sixteen nil after a beautiful delayed pass from Daly Cherry Evans, and the match was essentially over in twenty minutes. The Broncos, though, they struck back 10 minutes before halftime with a great try to Jarrell Yaoyi, giving us a halftime scoreline of 16-4. Manly started the second half on fire again and only six minutes in they're in, with Hopper Jr. grabbing his second and Manly grabbing a 22-4 lead. The Broncos struck back in the 50th minute with a try to Peter Wallace and they started to look better, gaining field position and pressuring the Manly defence. But it was Manly who scored next with Kieran Four and a great take off a bomb, stealing it from Gerald Beald, who appeared to have taken it cleanly, 26-10. Surprised he ago. didn't knee for him in the face when he was going up for that ball, Bill. Yeah, he's got a he's got a bit of a magnet to five eighths faces. But yeah, with twelve minutes to go, the Broncos they almost scored through Matt Gillette, only prevented by a genius tackle from Jamie Lyon. And with nine minutes to go, they grabbed the consolation try to Copley in a replay of the same try they scored against the Dragons a week earlier. Final score: twenty six fourteen. Yeah, a couple of early decisions went against Brisbane. A couple of fifty fifty calls went against them, and I think they really needed to strike early and, and maybe shock Manly. And those couple of decisions gave Manly the field position, marched them downfield, and Manly were good enough to put a try on. And that really snuffed out the Broncos early. They deflated them. Yep. And there was no lucky to bring them back from it, really. Um, as much as it was a great effort from from the Broncos, you know, some of those, you know, essentially kids in their team, to make somewhat of a game of things, in certainly in the second half, Manly always seemed to have their measure, I thought. Like they just yep. And there were times where the Broncos they like, really upped the tempo. Yeah. Like a lot. Um, sort of late in the first half, sort of probably about the last ten minutes of the first half, and then probably for the last twenty, twenty minutes of the game maybe. Um, where they were like they they were actually quite on top. I agree, and Manly were they were still far from an eighty minute performance, but they really applied themselves in this game when they really needed to. And I think it was an 80-minute performance in terms of, although they were pressured, they still did what they had to do and they um, didn't concede cheap points or anything like that. I mean, no, they they really pulled out key plays, you know, 
they created them they created opportunities for themselves when when they really they didn't overplay their hand and when they really needed to put on a big play such as the four and try yep. they come up with it yep and that's a sign of a good side obviously and just looking at DCE like only second year syndrome. Like, I don't even know that second year syndrome is going to apply to him, given how composed he looks now. Yeah. And the fact that he played in Queensland Cup last year and not twenties. Yeah. Has really battle hardened him playing against men. Yep. Last year, is a bit of a masterstroke, I reckon, for the, for whoever's decision that was. Yeah. Yeah. Um, <laughs> you can see some certainly halves come from the twenties and play first grade, and and that's when they become susceptible to that second year syndrome because. They come in and, and you know, defences haven't quite worked them out and they do take the competition by a bit of surprise. But when they work them out and they've got to get used to that week-to-week grind against, you know, bizar- biz- bigger physical size people than, than yep. they are at that age, they do come unstuck, you know, Dan Mortimer, case in point. Yeah, I have a feeling Dan Mortimer might be a special case, though. Like, extra bad. How far he actually like he just, I think mentally he's fucked. But that's beside the point. Last season, I think, is going to be that, you know, we're going to look back upon that development in, in Cherry Evans' career as, as an absolute masterstroke because it's really prepared him well. It's It was still a big step up, obviously, from Q Cup into the NRL, but it's it's less of a step from there than from the 20s. And, I and, think you, can compare really and contrast well. with, you can compare and contrast with Hodkinson, yep. who's came from exactly the same pathway for Manly. He started off the season really like as soon as he started playing, it was great, and then he fell off. And towards the end of the season, by its day, you know, mid to late season, he was doing nothing. Whereas Cherry Evans, I mean, the first game he had a tough first game against the Storm, and then ever since then it's just been this gradual ascendancy. Hasn't really been down. He hasn't had a down game. I think Hodgkinson's case was a bit different, given he signed for another club halfway through that season, and I think that knocked him around some of the reaction from fans, etc. Knocked him around this year too. Oh, he's never been back. I don't on. know. I think he had a reasonably. I think he was let down by some of his forwards at times this year, and I think he had a, as as consistent a season as you can expect with some of the with the rise of with the rise of uh, with the rise of the Ottoman. He should just pack his fucking bags. <laughs> <laughs> Brisbane really needed to bounce back hard in the second half in this game to give themselves any chance after being snuffed out in the first half. Essentially, you know very early on when Manly really put the pressure on them, they couldn't go with them. But I just really felt that Brisbane's defence in that second half was a key indicator that they... I don't know that they really believed they had it in them to match Manly. And I they thought, tried they really hard. The they, they applied themselves, but just some of their defence, they just their yeah. line speed was off from the very opening you know, exchanges in the second half. And Manly were just making ground at will for a large yeah. part. And, and they... You know, in the middle section of that second half, they they applied themselves and they got a bit more possession and field position and looked a lot better. But just defensively, I think that was a key indicator that they weren't weren't really in the contest. But they had, a, I mean, they had a lot of great field position and a lot of ball in the second half and late in the first half. And the biggest problem was is that I don't care what Gillette did when he was playing for Norths, he's no five eight. He's a long way from a five eight, and it, and I think that it backfired massively on them in offense and to the point where they probably should have played someone else like Corey Norman or someone who might be, you know, roll the dice on someone who actually is going to play in that position or you know, can play in that position because Gillette, he wasn't an option at all. 
And that what that did then is it restricted the Broncos. The only play they had was bash it up in the forwards and Wallace puts a bomb up to Yayi. That's the only play they had and it was the only play they ever had that even looked that dangerous. I, I don't know that you're 100% wrong, but I think with a different style of halfback, yeah. Gillette as a running 5'8", running the ball and hitting holes, well, yeah, is, that's, is probably... That's a back rower. To I mean, a like even, extent, I mean, even, yes. even even Fittler was a running was a running five eight, but he had, you know, the footwork far superior footwork. Plus, he could put on passes. Gillette couldn't produce anything. Gillette's got a good offload. Yeah, an offload. But once again, that's a forward. You know, that's a forwards game. You know, it's not like the kind of you know the, the selective passing and everything. You know, to for the outside backs. I think you're being a bit harsh on him. I think. A lot of the responsibility had to fall on Peter Wallace, and there was a few fifth tackle options. I think Gillette made Lockie cry. I think he ruined Lockie's life. Oh, <laughs> I think you're being ridiculous. There was yeah, some fifth tackle options where the ball went to Gillette, where let's not forget that Peter Wallace is a representative halfback. He's played oh. New, played for New South Wales. Yeah, and I mean, why he, wasn't he putting his hand up and he taking represents, that he, rep- he represents the elite, the elite squad of New South Wales halfbacks who played a handful of games with one ball. At the end of the day, he was selected for what is widely regarded as the pinnacle of our game. Yeah. And he was selected there. And he performed reasonably well, if I remember correctly. My memory is is different to yours. Yes. However, carry on. Your memory is ridiculous. (laughs) I just, I felt that he was, he was hung out to dry a little bit by Wallace's performance. I thought Wallace was good in defense, but just fifth tackle options and some of the kicks, and the ball went to Gillette on occasions where Wallace really had to be demanding the ball. Yep. Um, and Gillette was left to put in kicks and, and and things that he's not really accustomed to doing, and he just needed really to get a bit wider and 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 you know play to his strength, which is his running game. Well, the other thing is with Gillette as well. There was no no real quality ball uh, giving out to Hodges, who's one of the weapons that I actually would have feared. And so Hodges got a lot of touches of the ball. Yeah. But never any never any quality passes to run onto. So what would happen is they'd pass it out right, Hodges would get it, and then he'd, he'd just try and dance around players and basically just you know Michael Hancock at infield trying to find a break, which never eventuated. No, Manly was a bit too good for that. Yeah. The T Rex and Matai incidents, I think they're probably not a huge amount in T Rex's tackle. It was a bit careless. Exactly, he sort of up. came around from behind too, so you know, and sort of swung around. The, so I was yeah. happy to run with that one, but I thought Matai was lucky not to be charged. Yeah, I mean, thing is with Matai, especially with his 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 record as well, I was surprised that he got off. So. Yeah, well, I mean, he's never done anything like that before. So, I mean, as far as you know, any loadings for you know compatible charges in the past or anything, and the the thing that I think saved, I mean, they they went into a big technical thing about you know that he sort of went for the ball with his foot, and if the foot had to made contact with the A, then he would have been charged and probably gone. But the fact that he didn't make any contact, and the fact that he was sort of like. It could have been a lot worse for Yeah if he sort of had have continued with what he was doing, but you see he kind of like tried to fall back and like mm. the only thing that carried him there. And the other thing was Yeah as well. I mean, bunging it on like an absolute good sort. Acting like he take Hang it. on a sec. I think you've been a bit harsh. I'm not being harsh at all. The fact is I mean Yeah was lying on the ground, like, Oh my god, I've just taken some knees to the to the ribs and the stomach, I'm dead. And then the replay clearly shows that one of Matai's knees brushed his back nowhere near his stomach. So he was actually faking an injury Come on the on. ground there. And if anything, he was probably feeling the effects of the T-Rex tackle that you know, only happened about a minute before. I suspect he was a bit shaken up with the fact that you were smacked in the face. Fucking dived. 
He dived in that second That's one though. That's a load of shit. Let's move on. And and he did and he did take a crazy dive on that T Rex one too. There's no, I mean, fuck me. I've seen like boxers <laughs> get absolutely pummeled by Mike Tyson and take less dives. <laughs> um, but yeah, no good. Uh, Copley and Beal. The yeah. brand new scapegoats in Bronco Land. Beal, Beal ended their season. Two pl- two plays. Yeah. Getting dispossessed by Foran to give Manly the try that basically won them the game. And of course, don't forget his crucial play at the end of the last game where he need Lockyer in the face and ruled him out of the game. And Copley, there was like actual Brisbane fans like threatening physical harm and hoping he's on Twitter on and I've seen people sending him sending him tweets. Really? Yeah, about like you know why you know why are you so shit you know learn to catch a ball that's you know stuff along those lines. That's hardcore, man. Like, oh, isn't it? I'm all for players being on Twitter, but I can understand why a lot of them aren't. Oh, fuck! It's mate, putting yourself out there, isn't it, mate? It's just like just, you just you just basically follow follow the guys, the people you know, like your teammates and family, and you know news art, you know news organisations, things like that, and just. Just just have to develop like an absolute fucking titanium skin against reading your at replies. Yeah, I guess. Hardcore. Like, oh. some of that is hardcore. Like, these guys, like, they run out there. You've got to have, like, regardless of what you think of any individual player, like, you've yep. got to have a certain amount of balls and ticker to run out there on the, <laughs> on the field. Yeah. And well, just to have people say, oh, I hope. Dale Copley dies in a fire or whatever because he dropped a few balls or he knocked the ball out of fucking Jack Reed's hands when he was trying to score a try that would have got him back into it. Yeah. Wow. Fuck. <laughs> this is hardcore. Um, on the manly side of things, uh, T-Rex though, tackle aside, what a weapon he was in this game. He gets better. I swear to God, I'm the, he's, the salad thing is dead, dead as fucking dead can be. Agreed. He is absolutely incredible. Those ground he makes, the way he gets he gets through the line every single time, and I mean the times he's going, Jesus guys, it's time to start learning. T Rex is not that guy he was last year. Mm. He's the guy now that any time he gets the ball, just fucking back up because you just don't know what's going to pop out. I mean, like he could. There's so many times where he was like got his head and shoulders through, spun around onto his back, and he's just looking one arm out to throw the offload, and no one's running onto it. Yeah, it's, it's, it's like someone like did some sort of comparison video or something like someone got here's an egg here's Nathan Gillis's head this is how much bigger than the normal person you are and he went wow the penny finally fucking drops whatever works yeah. whatever works he's a weapon so in his head he's running the ball and he's like he's just an egg I am Nathan Gillis's head or whoever T-Rex talks bro <laughs> oh Nathan Gillis's head bro you saw? Oh no, he wasn't. You, know, you didn't speak. To, you know, he wasn't there at the the one in May, was he? No, it was the year, it was the one the year before. Yeah, yeah, I changed, so. yeah. No, he doesn't talk that at all. Really? Um, Cherry. How good is he? Silky, the silky, silky skills. That pass where he did a double pump and then delayed the pass on to Brett Stewart for that try. Yeah, pretty. I mean, he was a pretty exaggerated dummy. That yeah. just the speed that he was running to the line at the defense. Yeah. Obviously, had to make a split second decision, and in hindsight, they looked pretty silly going for that dummy. Oh. Just <laughs> amazing skills, though. Um, of course, Brett Stewart had to get a try. Of yeah. course he did. And, uh, What's and he got, like 687 tries now? About that, yeah. About that. Fuck. He's, he's, he has exactly uh, three times as many tries as the previous record holder. <laughs> he's only had like 100-odd games. Yeah. Uh, Jamie Lyon, amazing. Um, we are talking before the show. Who's got the most tries? Ken Irvine? Irvine, yeah. What, how many? Oh, I can't remember off the top of my head. More than Beeve. 
That's it. <laughs> so Brett Stewart's what third all time? No, no, no. He wouldn't be done. Et's up there. Um, uh, Beaver, Et, Irvine. No, for Manly though. Oh, for Manly. Um, well, he probably would. He probably would be. He probably would be third. Now your club, Nathan. Yeah, just, well, you just don't. Use, you don't usually start thinking of those uh, those kinds of records until the players are kind of. You know, at the either passing the record or they're kind of getting to the end of their season, and you're sort of looking at them and how they stack up in comparison over the fullness of career. And obviously, you know, Brett Stewart, he's got a good, good few performance from Manly. They um, they probably didn't really ever ebb out of the game, but they applied themselves at particular key moments of the game, which assured them a victory and just really controlled. There wasn't a bad performer amongst them, and their best players stood up and played like their best players, and that was that. Jamie Lyon, that tackle, fucking sensational. The thing, the best part about it was he didn't really even have to do it. Like, the game no. wasn't really in the balance as such. Like, if Brisbane had pulled off a couple of arsey plays, they might have jagged it. But, yeah. you know, for all intents and purposes, the game was won. He didn't really have to do it, but he did it anyway. Yep. And that's a credit to his leadership and, um, you know, his application to perform at his best at all times. And just, just a great effort. Mm-hmm. And you could see Gillette, like, he didn't know he was coming. He yep. got him, and he wasn't confident he got the ball down at any stage. So. And it's just amazing how guys can do that at full speed, where you look at it in slow-mo, and you're like, oh, he's just got his hand under there, and then he sort of did this pivot, and it's just the ball was about to touch the ground, but then he just twisted at the right time and I pulled really, it back the other way. It's just incredible how they do that. I'd really love to go and watch some of these training sessions and yeah. see how they prepare for that. Yeah. It just happens too often now to be coincidence. Like There's got to yeah. be a whole lot of time put in behind the scenes. Like goal line defence to goal hold the line dude defense up. And yeah. Especially the outside backs at times. Yep, yep. Like guys, like coming from the clouds, yep. a guy's like in the clear, all he has to do is dive over and then all of a sudden someone dives, comes from the clouds and, and hits holds him, him goes up. into like a gator roll and somehow yeah. the ball never hits the ground. Yeah. It's, just, it's amazing. It is, it is. Okay, uh, over to Twitter. Drew underscore Nathan five was in epic trolling form. He's a Newcastle fan was in epic trolling form for this entire game. He said, Listen, I'll never forget that moment where some random guy made Corey Parker's kidneys implode. Hash favourite NRL moment ever. <laughs> and that was obviously the try where um, I think it was Haller scored the try, but yeah. Corey Parker was at marker, and he's just absolutely head first, got him straight in the centre of the back and just absolutely doubled got him Got up over. limping, grimacing. Jeez, that would have hurt. Oh. I'm mean, surprised he didn't have to go off on a, on a you know, strapped to a flat uh, stretcher. With a back I'm surprised injury. that you didn't just hose his remains into the turf. <laughs> just amazing. Uh, Eddie... That's what you would have had to do with me if Hallow had to hit me <laughs> yeah. from there. Eddie NZ. No doubt Manly with a better side, but yet another game of ridiculous penalties. Surely Hayne and Maxwell can't be there at the grand final. Well, there you go. One of them's not. And the other one, fuck, he never would have been considered, surely. Bend me over hopper. Easier than a hooker in surfers. Short and sweet. Essendon bomber. <laughs> a Broncos fan who um, <laughs> had a lot to drink. During the game and after the game, fuck Manly, fuck Matai, fuck Hayne, fuck Gus, fuck Rabs, fuck you all. Hash, where's my pants? You lost them again. In, I mean, really. Yeah. In underscore the underscore surf. Absolutely stoked to be in, be through to the grand final, although I'm worried about Matai and Williams. Great stuff, boys. Go Manly. No worries. No problems. Cruzio 6, Broncos fan. The better team won on the night. Bronx held their own, but not good enough. Then he's got hash, bye-bye Matai T-Rex. How'd that work out for you, Cruzy? Yeah, not at all, mate. Uh, Tad Pike, lucky enough to have a great seat. Manly outplayed Broncos from start to finish. Sad for DL, but clearly the better side advanced. 
incredibly gracious coming from a South supporter. <laughs> and uh, Who had no right to be gracious whatsoever. Shout out Tad Pike too. He uh, grabbed the hat from the store. Well done, Tad Pike. Williams, 277. If Matai gets suspended, it means studs up Slater should be suspended every week of the year. And that's mm. a, that's another point I'd like to make as well. It's true. Like If they're going to get Matai... Um, did you see the video I put up through the week of... Um, I think it was Bryson Goodwin when Jared Haynes absolutely destroyed him with knees <laughs> over the top, and which he actually, which Jared Jared Hayne walked from uh, that that uh, incident as well, and it was horrific. Like um, Bryson Goodwin, you wonder why you haven't seen him in Canterbury first grade this year? It's because he actually died as a result of injuries sustained. <laughs> he was absolutely annihilated. It was like what what Dean Haller, well, sorry, what uh, Haller did to the to the back of old Corey. Imagine someone doing that to the, someone's back with just two knees instead of his head. It was it was devastating, and he walked. Uh, and obviously, you know Billy Slater. I mean, you know. Seriously, though, has anyone actually seen Bryson Goodwin recently? He'll be he'll be playing. How the fuck's fallen off the face of the earth? If he's not injured, he'll be playing in the grand final for the with the Ottoman and the New South Wales Cup. Is that where he's been all year? Yeah. Reggie's. Yeah, yeah. Jesus. He's been in the Reggie's. He's on his goalkeeper. Did he get into a fight with Jim Dimming? May have. Hasn't been seen since the. Uh, Unsighted. Yeah, yeah. And finally, Tiger Balm 05. God, not only do West lose to the Warriors, but now I have to watch a grand final with Manly participating. There is no God. <laughs> <laughs> there is a God. His name's Benji Marshall. And uh, he's just, uh, God went home sick today, clearly. <laughs> Saturday, the New Zealand Warriors 20 defeated the Melbourne Storm 12. The Warriors pulled off their second shock win of the final series, producing possibly the greatest game in their franchise history with a great win over the Melbourne Storm. The Storm looked for, scored first and they looked ominous with Sikamanu strolling over for an easy try in a fifth minute of play. Conversion gave the Storm an early 6-0 lead. The Warriors, they got some field position in the 10th minute and they immediately capitalised with a try to Bill Tupou off the revelation of the final series captain snooze Kristen Inu. <laughs> A mistake from Billy Slater gave the Warriors some more great field position and Maloney immediately capitalised. They're trying a 16th minute and the Warriors were up 12 points to 6. There was a bit of a grind for the next 20 minutes, broken by a long-range try to Bow Champion, tied the game up at 12. Final points in the half were scored right on half-time after the Warriors slotted a penalty goal for a Cameron Smith strip. Half-time score, 14-12. Second half was all Warriors. And while you always expected the Storm to get something going given the closest, closeness of the scoreline, they just never got into the game. Despite the dominance, however, the Warriors only iced the game with three minutes to go. Sean Johnson setting up Lewis Brown for the match winner. It was a tense conversion from Maloney from way out wide, but he made no mistake and the game was out of Melbourne's reach at 20 points to 12. I don't know that I really buy into the choker tag for any team, right? But Tigers, yeah. Dra- <laughs> dra- dragons, yeah. <laughs> I love it. Nice, I think I nice think to be uh, the, the choker thing. I think um, you I can't just say one person calling Melbourne chokers. No, and the, well, why are the Tigers chokers? Well, Tigers were Tigers were. Why the, the Tigers chokers and Melbourne aren't? At the start of the season, there were two teams trumpeted as premiership favourites. One was South by themselves every single year that happens. So disregard. Tigers were never premiership favourites, ever. Absolutely the Tigers were. After the way they performed in the finals last season, no. just fell they were, short. They got no higher than third Everyone line of was saying. No higher than the third line of betting. The, the Dragons were always, like, they started off first. That's right. Tigers second. Absolutely. Because the Storm were written off. No one expected them to go as well as they did. Manly were written off. People were saying they wouldn't even get in the fucking eight. So, well, Laurie Daly was saying that. No <laughs> was. A lot of people. A lot of people. A lot of people hoped it. Including you. Or maybe oh, you said shit. lower half of the eight. I can't remember. You're a cock. I guess we'll go back to the first episode of the season. We'll see. Do whatever you want to do. The hits and misses episode. I will be quit. Up. <laughs>
Uh, um, I find it interesting that not one person has called Melbourne Storm Chokers. Well, yeah. the, the, sorry, so the point the point I was going to make Dragons is... Dragons are Chokers. Everyone's Chokers but Melbourne. The point I was going to make is that uh, I don't I don't think Melbourne were ever... Um, certainly at the start of the season, I don't think anyone expected them to go as well as they did. So it's not like they were like the overwhelming favourites, led from pillar to post. And then, uh, and they've been the, the most consistent team all year. Yeah, they have. They come the finals against the Warriors, a team everyone expected them to beat, much like the Tigers. Everyone expected the Tigers to win. Yeah, but the Tigers choked. This is precisely <laughs> my point, Nathan. Melbourne Storm were outplayed by a better side on the night. Damn straight they were. The Warriors didn't just win. They dominated the Storm for yeah, large parts of this game. The Tigers dominated the Warriors for the entire game and somehow lost. And that shit will that, that, that shit'll cut off your airflow. Quick smart. <laughs> <laughs> That's quite asphyxiating. Yes. No fairy tale for the storm, but a great season after last year's disaster, and they did it with less of a playing roster than what they have for the last several years, which is a complete fucking irony. Which makes you think if they had Aiden Tolman, Greg Inglis, um, fucking who else did they lose? <laughs> Hoffman. Um, I'm trying Finch. to think. Finch. I reckon they would have found those eight points. I agree. <laughs> So you could say <laughs> that it was only by playing under the salary cap conditions that they actually managed that they they actually lost this game. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we we asked this weeks ago. Where does Sean Johnson fit in for the Kiwis now? Like the performances that he's putting together to close out this season. Like you would think he's going to get a run somewhere. Well, you'd have him. In, you'd, have him in, you'd have him in halves with foreign, yeah. <laughs> <laughs> Such a ridiculous statement. I say what would happen is he'll 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 be in the in the train on squad, and um he'll probably get a game against um who's this, like Wales is a, is enough this time yeah yeah he'll probably get a game against Wales, um I don't think they'll throw him in against you know Australia with like the actual games the Wales will be beach days bro because <laughs> you know how they always throw like you know, they throw some fringe guys in against the yeah, you know, yeah. the nufty team yeah or foreign get a run too he'd be fringe or foreign he'll start every single game fringe first grader at best <laughs> it's got to be said. Billy Slater come up with some crucial errors in yet another big game. Oh yeah, probably hasn't done it so much for Queensland, but he has for Australia. Oh, he perform. He always performs for Queensland. I, th- I think it's safe to say, Australia. He never really performs. Well, not when it counts. Like he'll he'll perform through a series, but when it comes to the final, he'll usually uh, cost us the game. It's not like this hasn't happened before, and no one seems to really mention it too much. Well, no, because I mean they're all busy on his jock. He's the greatest Funny how some players get that benefit of the doubt and get that leeway. Yep. And others, whoa. One mistake and they're gone. Yeah. Maloney, I've been really impressed with him, certainly through the through the final series, um, in the way that Johnson's had his creative flair as well. Yep. But Maloney's, his solid contribution to the, to the team via his support play and his kicking game. Is the perfect foil for Johnson's freakish ability. Yep. Like, and it showed in this game. They were sort of closed out in the Brisbane game, and they didn't really get an opportunity to um, to really perform with the you know the optimum capacity of their combination. Tigers game probably more so, but not a hundred percent. Yep. But they in this game they played much more like they did to close out the regular season. Yeah. And just yeah, really. Contrasting styles, but it seems to work. You know, they're very, very different players, and 
like you look at the Tigers, for instance, like Louis still has that flashy sort of flamboyance about him, much like Benji does, but that seems to work. Where you like smack a bitch. Is that what you're talking oh, about? Fuck. <laughs> I don't know if I can take much more of this. It's got that Ike Turner flamboyance. I quit. <laughs> Interesting for Melbourne, they obviously went into the game thinking they can niggle the Warriors into some mistakes and, and out of the game. But Fair call. I mean, fair strategy, though, to be fair with the you know, with the Warriors. I mean, you'd think that would work. Yeah, they you, stood up to it. This is the only game in their entire history that hasn't. And I would imagine that Manly will do much the same in the grand final, but they showed they were up to the challenge in this game. And Yeah. Whether they can do it on the on the absolute biggest stage there is, then is another thing, because Manly's going to bring a lot of the same to the table. Yeah, just some of the things they were, they were pulling on Kevin Locke in particular. Yeah, that was that was that wasn't uh, niggle. That was far beyond niggle. I mean, that's yeah. like elbows in the head. Yeah, uh, that's just ridiculous shit. Shows that for all their ability, some of these blokes like Cameron Smith in particular, like yeah. a lot of people regard him as the best player in the game. But you know, it wasn't all that long ago he was trying to rip Sam Thorday's head off in a semi-final. Elbows to Kevin Locke's head. Chicken-winging people, choking them out. Um, Throwing guillotines on people. Doesn't need to do it. No, it doesn't need to, but Storm, it's just like the Storm, they devised their entire tackling uh, defensive strategy around where's the line yeah, and how far can we push over the line before they change the rules to stop it. Yeah. I always remember this Jerry Seinfeld sketch where he was, um, you know, he said he was going to the, the chemist to get, you know, drugs for his cold or for his sinus problem or whatever. And, like, he wanted the strongest medication possible. Yeah. Like, say, how strong do you want it? Well, I'll work out what'll kill me and then back it off a bit. <laughs> and it's a bit like the storm. Like, work out exactly what's going to get him penalised out of the game and just yeah. dial it back a notch. Yeah. And, and hope that that's, you know, the referees aren't particularly picky on yep. any given day and, and run the gauntlet. Yep. Um, in this game, it, it didn't really work for them and they had to come up with some big plays to, to put the Warriors out of the game and they couldn't get it done. And That's it. The Warriors are playing in their grand final and Melbourne aren't. Exactly. I mean, and, but for all the dominance of the Warriors, the one problem that they do have is they only iced the game with a couple of minutes to go. Yeah. The, and that's the, when I was watching the game, I thought, you know, the Storm, it's only two points. I mean, the Storm, you know, they just have to run one inside pass to, to Billy Slater, you know, 10 metres out from the line and he's through and... That's Just an indication came. also of Melbourne, of, of sorry, of the Warriors' development this year. Like the Tigers played them later in the season and, and and come home in the last fifteen minutes and swamped them. Yep. You know there was nothing to say that Melbourne couldn't have done that too, but they held yeah. their nerve. Yep. And and they come up with the play to ice the game when you know they've shown on more than one occasion this season, clo- you know, closing out a game wasn't really their strong suit. So yep. I guess if there's any any time where you want to show that you have that in your arsenal, then you know, the preliminary finals, the place to do it. Or the rare final, maybe. Um, once again, when it comes to the Melbourne Storm, for all their defensive structure and uh, all, the, all the time and effort they put into their plays, certainly defensively, to, to close out the opposition, if you throw that totally unpredictable factor in against them, such as Sean Johnson brings yeah. to the table... Or Benji. Or like or, a Mateo you know, sort of yeah, yeah. offload or something that he pulls Throw out. those sort of players at him. It throws them. That, that, that's the way to get at the Melbourne Storm. Yeah. And you have to do it well. And if, if, if you're only doing it at 80%, it's not good enough. It has to be 100%. Yeah. But you can get them with that unpredictable sort of play. 
And, and uh, do, you, do you think that Storm are actually even at the 100% for this game? Oh, you know what I mean. Let's you look at it. Let's look at it in the context of 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 a month. They got absolutely beaten to a pulp by Manly. Yeah. Rested players the week after and got flogged by the Roosters. So don't read too much in that one. Yeah. Far from convincing against Newcastle. Not, not a great game against the Knights, and then they got this game. Yeah. So maybe the writing was on the wall, and everyone just expected Melbourne to be Melbourne. Yeah. And they just you know the last month they haven't been anyway. Never really recovered from the brawl game. Exactly. You know what was missing. Dally in 2012, winner Adam Blair. Well, I don't want to say too much. I don't want to be too <laughs> presumptuous. I don't want to wrap the bloke up. He is looking like a but, genius, the missing the missing link, isn't he? Well, I mean, at the end of the day, like... Facts speak for themselves. Results speak for themselves. Can't argue with facts, Nathan. And the man does make up our entire Ford pack next season. And You might win. Early favourites. Oh, I think so. If you don't choke again. <laughs> Can I go to Twitter now? Do you have another point to oh, make? Look, I'm eyeing off that Stanley knife and it could be ploughing through your heart at any stage. <laughs> Drew Nathan 5, he's back again. All capitals this one. Fuck off Cameron Smith. You're a fucking grub and you're captain of grubs. And then he's got a... I hate that <laughs> at the end. Sensational. Los Australia. The Warriors first grade good and the 20s are amazing. Good news for Australians. Cricket season soon. Oh, hang on, you're shit at that too. So, uh, West Tigers fan, Kiwi clearly, he's jumped on the bandwagon well and truly. Yeah. Bend me over, Hopper. See you next year, you useless fucking cheats. Hash, money can't buy premierships. <laughs> Solzy, great game. Warriors dominated the forward battle and that's where it was won. Should be an epic grand final. Manly for the win, can't wait. Michael Darren, 79. You just know that Gallup is sitting back in a chair and stroking a cat just like an evil boss at the fact the Storm aren't in the grand final. <laughs> And finally, Jeremy underscore Jack zero one. Gus won't have anything to talk about now. No Slater, Smith, Cronk, Lockie, JT, or Benji to drool over during commentary. Thank you, God. And that's he that's, doesn't mind a Kieran Foran though. Oh yeah, I tell you, I'm so over Gus and Rabs in this final series. They'll talk about anything other than other than football. In this occasion, it was just fucking pigeons. It was uh, gulls. Everything. Yeah. Fuck. Just shut up about the fucking birds. There's a game going on. And, I, and I've said this on Twitter, and I'll say it again. I mean, that game when they had the second game of the double doubleheader, the night of the brawl in Brookvale, and that second game was at low-key one where um, Parramatta versus East, and East came back to winning Golden Point with Joey and Freddie commentating. Yeah. Just like two like two drunk teabags at a bar commentating. That shit was entertaining as hell. And I actually did speak about the game, though, as well. You know who reminds me of those two? Not us. Huh? Not us. We don't do it drunk enough. Yeah, true. We could. We could do the grand do final. commentary. I'd chuck back a few bourbons prior to we could going do a, there. Do a running commentary of the of the grand final. Oh God, <laughs> who gets thrown out or bashed? Yeah, they're bashed. Especially up. I mean, if I've got through my nude harker. Yeah, it'd well, be me doing it alone because there's no way you'd get through the. <laughs> no way you'd get through the nude harker. Previews. Grand final day 2011 kicks off at midday. The New South Wales Cup. Canterbury Bankstown Bulldogs versus the Auckland Vulcans. Now, 
obviously because of you know television rights and whatever, we don't get to see a lot of the New South Wales Cup stuff. Um, so we can't obviously can't I can't speak as to you know, how great either side's been through the season. Um, Taking the Ottoman to the masses though. <laughs> exactly. The the one factor that interests this show greatly is the Ottoman is playing in a grand final. Incredible, and um, for that reason, dogs by a hundred. What's the equivalent of the Clive Churchill Medal for the New South Wales Cup Grand Final? I don't know. Who's the greatest reserve grader ever to play the game? Let me think. I'm trying to think of who's a great reserve grader. That's a tough question. Who's a great reserve grader? Dave Menzies. Never played Red Disney in his fucking life, mate. <laughs> oh, Lord. I love that look on your face. He's like Scott Minto, but I mean, he played too much first grade. No, he wasn't that great. Michael Barney. Michael Barney medal. <laughs> Michael Barney medal. <laughs> okay, so uh, early tip. Um, I'm not sure what the what the line is at the TAB, but uh, yeah, Romulo's probably paying about a dollar to win the Michael, Michael Barney Dollar medal. and one cent. Dollar and one. Um, I'm picking the Bulldogs for no other reason than the fact that they've got the Ottoman and the Kiwis don't. I just want to see the great man finish the season on a high note. It's been massive a big year for him. He's had a baby. Year. Had a, had a lot of continuing coverage by us. Again. Put some put some fucking hits on through the season. Put some hits on. Played a lot more first grade. Justified justified his existence. And, and ba- he basically proved everything that we've been saying to be correct. Exactly. Proved us to be geniuses yet again. Exactly. So, so We've proven it time and time again, but people wanted yeah. further proof. Yeah, no thanks to and you. There you have it. No thanks to you, Rochow. <laughs> 2 p.m. Toyota Cup. New Zealand Warriors versus the North Queensland Cowboys. Well, Warriors by 100. How good is their 20 side? Every other 20 side is fucking nothing more than cannon fodder for these guys. Like, and did you sit, did you watch the game? The worst part is th- their best player from the 20s is playing first grade. Yeah, <laughs> exactly. Well, then you've got some, of their other, you've got some of their other guns from the 20s playing for the Vulcans, like Fischier, he's the fullback for the, yeah. for the Vulcans. Um, my God, I've, I've got to be honest, um, I've only watched one Cowboys game uh, in the 20s Cowboys this year. Cowboys 20s are a good side. I watched them play against the Titans uh, sort of in the latter part of the season. But um, I've got to say, the Titans were all over them early and they ended up coming back to win the game. And they are a good side. But then you see... The Warriors like, are just on another Then level, you see though. the Kiwis in the semi-final last weekend and where they won uh, against the Doggies, I think it was, 64 nil. <laughs> it was fucking ridiculous. I mean, how easy they just absolutely pulverised them. Um, Haven't the Warriors got some magnificent names? There's, there's a token Licky Licky. There's a Fotofili. How about the fullback? What's his name? I haven't got the team list in front of me, dude. Slayman. Slayman. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. Omar Slime Ankle. Yeah. Slime Ankle. He's the he's the Afghan the Afghan Kiwi. Oh, okay. I thought he played for the Bulldogs. Jeez, no, he's, he's, no, he, sco- he scores like four hundred tries a game. <laughs> Is that all? He's fucking sensational. He needs to pull his socks up. Plenty of blokes that are... Yeah, look. Another two of Avi. How many of those are going around? Fuck. That's like 300 New in New Zealand. Zealand, it's like there's like only five names you can have in New Zealand. <laughs> Marshall, two of Avi, Licky Licky. Muss. <laughs> the Muss. <laughs> oh, seriously though. I mean, the, the, the Warriors are going to win and by... Bah. The, the Warriors are going to win by like 30... Yeah, they pissed. They they pissed it in last year against the rabbits, and that were two teams. They were two teams that went into the grand final after both putting floggings on on yeah. most other teams. Um, only the Warriors will do it easy. Um, so you want to be at New Zealand Rugby League, but 
they're Reggie sides in the grand final. They're 20 sides in the grand final, and they're first grade squads in the grand final. Yeah, awesome for the game. How's that depth for the club? It's awesome. definitely club, but the, the issue, the issue I think they have is that um, uh, some of the players they they either don't make the step up from the twenties or they don't retain them. I mean, like last time you've had a it, fairly good success rate this year with like Elijah Taylor, um, Sean Johnson, obviously. Yeah, Fischiasi, Fischiasi Fischiasi went, well, he went well until he was uh, until he was injured and then didn't really make it back, did he? Mm. Well, uh, Locke came on strong, and I think yeah, he kept true. him out of a spot. So yeah. And you think and guys like they're going to have to find room for guys like Slime Ankle because I mean that guy's been killing it for two years in the in the Toyota Cup. He was just as good last year. Okay. Um. So they're going to have to find a spot in the wing. He was in the wing last Jeez, year. Jesus, going to have some outside backs then. Yeah. Fishiahi, Slime Ankle, Kevin Locke, Tupo, Vatavai, Inu. Jesus. Yeah. Exactly. But um. Yeah, they're going to win by twenty. Doesn't go into five. No. No, it doesn't. Oh, I did at Campbelltown High, but. <laughs> Bastion of mathematical excellence. <laughs> Mathematics with a hammer. 5.15pm, Telstra Premiership Grand Final. Mighty Manly Seagulls versus New Zealand Warriors. Wow. What a game. You've got the unpredictable brilliance of the Warriors against the... Brilliant brilliance of the Manly Seagulls. <laughs> Consistent brilliance of the Manly Seagulls. Consistent displays of skillful genius. Oh, God. Fuck, I'm going to have to... Silky skills from Cherry Evans. I think, I'm going to go so far as to say that Sean Johnson's going to cancel out Cherry Evans. That's ridiculous. It's not like Sean Johnson is a defensive mastermind. Maybe what they do in the tackles. Cherry Evans? Are you kidding me? Cherry Evans made try-saving tackles last week. You're a week. disgrace. You are a disgrace of a human if you can honestly sit there and trot out that dribble against people that pay good money to listen to this podcast. Check his statistics for missed tackles, motherfucker. I guarantee you what Mo misses more. <laughs> <laughs> Didn't want Mo drop some balls last week. Whoa. Drop Mo. It was a, that, that's a standard drop Mo. I mean, he was it was literally that that game last week was a best of a best of Anthony Watmo. Um because you had every time he carried the ball he made meters. Like I think he ended up making around hundred and eighty five, hundred and eighty seven for the game. And then every time he played the ball, the yet ball he, made yet meters. He dropped the, yet he dropped <laughs> it. Yet he uh, he almost scored twice, dropped the ball after uh, on, on being tackled on both occasions, and he gave away a crucial penalty, which was the one that led to that try from the offload where um, George Rose crashed into the posts. So yeah, it was vintage vintage Watmo, in all facets of the game, bad and good. It must admit, it pains me to admit it, and I hate seeing you happy. I think Manly are going to win. I, I think so too. I think it's a great great season for the Warriors. Um, great depth for their club for for all three of their grades to be playing in the last day of the season but I just I think they might have I think they might have exerted too much last week to get to the grand final and Manly's been there done that a lot of their key players have played in grand finals won and lost grand finals they know what it's all about uh, grand final week is going to take a lot out of the Warriors more so than that will the Eagles they'll be pretty relaxed and calm about it yep um, and these are factors that you don't have for any other game. Like, yeah, I mean, Desi is his third and... time in five years, so I mean, he's, he's an old hand at it. Mm. Um, I do, I do, I'm concerned about the Warriors in in terms of that they did seem like they celebrated like they'd won their grand final the other night. Um, I've seen there's two other teams in recent memory that I can remember who behaved exactly the same way, and it was the Trooks last year. And it was Manly in 2007. Both of them went to get smashed in the grand final, mm. you know, the week after. Um, I was talking online about, uh, you know, the old adage about, you know, you have to lose one to win one. And um, 
I was talking with uh, Sean Fagan, uh, RL1908, mm-hmm. and he was saying that that adage is probably not as true in this day and age because a salary cap doesn't keep teams together to lose one then win one. Yeah. Although, you know, having said that, you know, the Warriors, you know, there's still fair, a lot of those guys from 07 in, in this squad, though. Yeah, and 08, 08, there's still a lot of them, yeah. Exactly. But um, I think the Warriors will give a good account of themselves. Their fans should be very, very proud of what they've achieved this season. They've got some great players. They've got some, you know, great up-and-coming talent um, coming into the squad. So it's really, this is a dawn of a, a really successful time for the Warriors, I feel. And, you know, it wasn't all that long ago I was saying they were going to win the wooden spoon last year, was I? Yeah, uh, oh, yeah, that was that was literally last year. You picked them to win the spoon, and I mean they they, they made a bit of an arse of you then, but not you know. But this year, my God, I mean, lucky I didn't call them to get the wooden spoon this year. No, exactly. Um, I can't I can't wait for the game. Um, looking forward to the game. Looking forward to the day. Just the this the event. Um, as we've found that you know a couple of times this year as well that you know the Kiwi fans, I think are some of the most like good natured and like funny fans yeah. at games. Um, so I mean, you know. So much, so so much better to play against a team like the Warriors, where you know than the Storm. I mean, the Storm to build up would have been all all spiteful, uh, you know, and focused on the brawl and that kind of thing. Yeah, there's some history, and yeah, it would have been a tough game. And perhaps as a game, it might have been a tougher game. Yeah, you know, but I guess you know we'll see. I've... But this is a different type of game, I think, where it's, it's probably going to be more uh, more attacking skill on display rather than defence. Sure. Um, I I've never been to a grand final, so. Regardless, I was looking forward to to getting down there and enjoying the the day. But if Manly had to play Melbourne, I don't know that I would have enjoyed it. I think there yeah. would have been a lot of ill feeling and spite and yeah, and bitterness. I wouldn't have enjoyed it as much um, in just the lead up because all that all that back and forth beforehand. Yeah, you know where it's yeah, it's just I mean it it's it does get you down like just that constant negativity. And I guess they do trumpet the rivalry and all the rest of it, but fuck, sometimes yeah. it's just draining. Like, and, and, channel, and yeah, exactly. It is very tiring. And Channel Nine would have fucking all they would have been doing was showing fucking you know uh, Blair and Stewart on the sideline swinging yeah. away, even though that brings the game into disrepute and you know In makes cho- makes yeah. children not want to play rugby league. Yeah, but you better believe they'd be pl- that'd be the only shit they'd be playing. Yeah, agreed. But good story. The Warriors are, are a real feel good story. They deserve good to be there. They've earned their way through and. Good for I'm the sure, game. I'm sure I think, they'll do their whole. fans proud, but I yeah. just I don't know that they're good enough to get over Manly. So oh, Manly's I think Manly's getting my win. tip. Uh, my tip too. Um, hopefully by heaps, but you know I'll take a win by you know a point. half a point. I'll take I'll take golden point extra time. I don't I do not care. I'll take a one nil victory. I don't care as long as we win. Um, I put it out there on Twitter earlier uh, in the day to just see what the the, the listeners thought. We got Paris Steve. This is a, this is a common thread. Paris Steve said, uh, "Warriors because I hate Manly." Devonhead, the Warriors, because they're not manly. <laughs> Marty Zekas, who gives a shit? Manly are grubs and the sheep shaggers should have been gone after week one and a 40-10 ass plugging. <laughs> Annalise underscore 08. Manly, because we have Darcy Lusick, the Darcy Army, DCE, Snake, everyone else, and Bones has gone to every game this year. Which is a good, actually, That's a, give a shout out to Bones. Manly supporter, we've both met him numerous times. He uh, lives lives in Sydney. He's been to every single Manly game this season. Amazing effort. New Zealand. I don't care who you support. If you North go, Queensland. If you can Melbourne. go and watch your team play every game in a given season. Sensational. Amazing. And uh, if Manly win the grand final, you know, I bet any money that he'll cough up the six grand or whatever it costs to go to the World Club Challenge as well. Uh, 102 Megan. 
the 2012 Premiership, the Roosters, and because I said so. Okay. Backward sit. Warriors fan. The orgasmic... She does have a very authoritative voice. Yeah. But she's not convincing anyone of that. No. It's backward sit. Our number one most vocal Kiwi uh, supporter. Apparently we're going to be drinking with him. Well, we, you are. And gonna I'm be... going to be having a shirt with also Ran written on it. Yeah. What a cock. Isn't that funny how we're we're aligned against each other for the grand final, yet somehow he's decided the to team up ground with is me. You both hate me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. It's fantastic. And he said the orgasmic awesomeness of the mighty, magnificent warriors because I say so. Yeah. Hash enough said. GT three fifty one underscore Johns, who's gotten incredibly fucking spiteful in the in the rundown of the season. Incredibly, he's it, been spiteful since the womb, man. Yeah, but I mean, this season, as it's become more apparent that you know, as the doggies went fading and as Manly started firming, he's just gotten incredible. And he said, uh, the Warriors, everyone wants to see that other team lose." Fluffy Fish says, "Manly, why? You got to lose one to win one. It's too long since the Warriors have been in a grand final." Also wants to sign Stubby Cooler with only your signature on it. Oh, you know, he's obviously th- treating it as an investment piece. Jesus <laughs> at full of reach manly because There's seven bucks he ever spent <laughs> full of reach who will be seen he's, he actually bought one of my spare tickets to the grand final he's, uh, manly because fucking warriors first they cost my boys a shot at the grand final then they cost me my date to the grand final assholes I don't get it there wasn't a, uh, there was going, uh, there's a Melbourne Storm fan uh, Mel Burney on Twitter who was going to take the other ticket off me okay uh, and, and go with Cam but Melbourne Storm lost. Uh, so, right. uh, so that motherfucker's got put me in a hole too because I've got another ticket to sell. So you're listening to this on Thursday. Anyone decide they want to go to the grand final, uh, cat four ticket in the offing, 65 bucks, get in there. And finally, three-card magic trick. Manly, easy. Reason? It hurts to admit, but they're simply the best team in the comp. That's why the doggies are getting Hasler. Smiley face. <laughs> the kind of smile that comes from an ignorant place as of ignorance. As much as I'd love to see him walk out in a club and turn the back, it's not happening. Not going to fucking happen in a million years. That is full time for episode number 67. As always, you can interact with us on Twitter, so follow at TWI League. Facebook. The equation gets simpler. One week left, five likes to go before we reach our goal of 800. We don't want to do a para here and lose it in golden point extra time. So uh, five people, literally five people. So we've got... I'm yet to see this massive influx where all of our fans invite like two people each. Well, yeah, I mean, we've got... What the fuck he's doing? We've got 795 as it stands right now. Just invite two friends and buy a hat each. Make us rich. Yeah. And, and and have loads of likes. And, then, so, we, and so we can be well-liked. I mean, we're 795... First time in our lives that that's happened. Yeah. And like, eight, 800 likes is, you know, it's that's that's a simple goal. I mean, realistically, if everyone went out and, you know, invited a friend, you know, we'd have over 1,500 likes. That's I mean, very true. What I would love to do is, you know, before next week, you know, to go check the Facebook like count next week and be like, holy shit, 800, 1,200, smashed it. So everyone... And that's really where you should be. I mean... But it's up to you. Yeah, but we take need, it upon yourself. We need five, I'm sure. And there's new new listeners, uh, especially new listeners. All your friends aren't on board yet. Uh, get them on board before the season's over. You know they don't want to go into next season not knowing what the hell the show's all about. You know they can, you know they're, they're late to the party, but you know better late than never. 
iTunes, keep the reviews coming. We've got another few good ones this week, including one entitled Sensational Five Stars from Glenn Fry. After stumbling across this little gem, I find now I'm burning it onto disc so my less tech-savvy friends can experience the joy and wonder of that is Twill. What a legend. Great show. Keep up the good work. Cheers. Glenn I love Fry's, Glenn Fry's a Facebook fan. I saw him there myself. Well, there you go. He's got an awesome name. It's sensational. And I mean, I'm, you know what? I'm not going to put the burden of getting the extra likes out of Glenn Fry because he said here that he doesn't have tech-savvy friends and he needs to burn it to disc. So you know what? He's got real-life friends, not Facebook friends. So that's fine. You're excused, Glenn. If you've got any, by all means, invite us. But you're doing, you're doing, <laughs> you're doing excellent work as it is. With a name like that, he's bound to have millions of friends. More friends he can pay a stick at. Yeah, he's got the he's got the Glenn with two ends, like Glenn Stewart, like the good Glens have two mm. ends. Those silver tail Glens. <laughs> Hot to trot is the next review's title. Five stars by Jason Texas Ranger. Great <laughs> podcast, allegedly. <laughs> 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 so I take it that that's someone who's been listening to the show for a while and uh, has just done a review. And I mean, call yourself Jason Texas Ranger. I've seen that team name in the um, in the fantasy finals football competition as well um, and it wouldn't surprise me if it's Jason G and PI to be honest no he's Jack Officers oh he is Jack Officers so I wonder who's Jason Texas Ranger make yourself known bitch yeah send us send us an email send us something on Twitter if you haven't got on Twitter get on Twitter it's great fun okay website become a member of the Mighty Twill Nation by signing up at thisweekinleague.com changes coming up there in the off season but we'll get to that when it happens ESL tipping now, I was actually locked out of the rankings at the time because, you know, Oz Tips are doing their interminable fucking recalculation bullshit. So I couldn't actually see the, the, the current rankings. However, given the large gaps between the various contestants, I'm pretty sure that it'll be exactly the same as last week. Without a shadow of a doubt, Richard Tips is in number one. It just comes down to the fact of, you know, the order of uh, Tiger Benji, Warrior Bunny, and the other one, um, and me. I think the three in the middle, I think, you know, Tiger Benji and Warrior Bunny, they could maybe have swapped positions, but I'd say it's pretty much going to be the same as last week. Uh, and that means that you'll still be seventh. NRL tipping. Not not a lot of change in the uh, in the, the top of the table. And so we've got one game left. And given that, Freako 9 is going to be the champion. He's got a two-point lead. Kudos over... to him. Came now he's a smart ass and tries to bait me on. Twitter. And he was looking about two two rounds before the the end of the season. He was about five or six games. Like it took like you know you need a perfect round and Fabsy needs to, you know but it was it was a pretty bad um, you know equation. But he's got over the top and done it. Off. Fabsy leading for most of the season. She's uh, finished uh, in second on uh, 158. Bronco Ringo continued his charge while well, he stayed where he was actually in third position on uh, five games further back. I'm one game behind him. Um, I'll catch that up because he'll tip the Warriors this weekend because uh, he uh, has Kiwi in him. And, uh, well, he lived at Kiwi and became a, became a citizen of Kiwi. Fifth, Bobby Bronco, tied with Greg Inglesate, my baby, tied with S. Jack V, who was about second or third for a large portion yep. of the season, dropped right out. He's clawed his way back up to be a couple of points out of the... Uh, well, he's like 12 points behind the lead, but he's got himself up into a tie for fifth. So 26, exactly the same. No movement at all this week. Jeez, I'm shit. Yeah. And now, the but next... that's not the shittest thing that I've done this week. Okay, we're we getting to that, are we? I didn't, I, didn't, I didn't see where you were on the ladder, so well, well, save your story. Let me lead into it. The winners of the next Jabra Sports Wireless Headset, week three winner with a great score of 503 points, winning by two points over the second place getter, was the team named the Alstonville A-Holes. 
We know who Piloted by none other than Tiger Benji. What does well he done. know about football? Well, as he said, as he said to you on Twitter, he's uh, smashing you in fantasy, smashing you in all sorts of tipping competitions. Mm. He knows a lot. I co-host more podcasts than he does. You do, you do, and that is something. That is a very good effort, Glenn. <laughs> you can be very proud Give me of a that. Pity. <laughs> <laughs> but Benji, he wins a Jabra Sports Wireless headset, courtesy of our sponsors at Jabra. So hit us up at hello at thisweekinlink dot com, mate. Head, no, no doubt whatsoever, <laughs> which wouldn't be hard. Jesus, hit us up. Email me your, your shipping details, mate. So um, once we get the stock, we can uh, coordinate the prize, getting that prize down to uh, Lismore. Lismore. Yep, Lismore. All right. And the third random winner this week was the random number sixth position, which is Jonesy wins. Turns out he does win. CK? CK Jonesy. So hit us up on hello at thisweekinleague.com to claim your goodness. Okay, now our second random winner, Ennis is a grub from last week, has not contacted us yet to claim his or her prize. So I'm thinking that we need to put really put a clock on it. So look, you know, you claim claim it by the time, you know, like, this time next week sort of thing by the time we're yep. about to start recording next week mm-hmm. otherwise we might have to randomly allocate it to someone else damn straight because uh, let's face you snooze, it snooze you lose snooze you lose and uh, so once again uh, if you haven't entered the competition we've got one week to go with the Jabra Finals Fantasy Competition it's free to enter um, we've got Bluetooth headsets going off next week as well uh, doesn't matter if you're falling behind on the leaderboard um, while there will be a prize to the overall winner we're rewarding the winners each week. So the highest score of each round plus a random winner each round and possibly next week we'll have two random winners. So everyone can win no matter how shit you are at it. Um, yeah, but if you you know if you do happen to be great, good at this caper and win overall, then uh, yeah, there's rewards for you there. Uh, Let's not forget that we also need to draw the winner of our Numero Uno t-shirt. Yes, yes, now I agree. Now that we have t-shirts available. I agree. For pre-order. Um, yes, Get yes. amongst it. Now, when do you want to draw it? Will we do it for the Twillies or will we do it for the Grand Final Let's do it for the show? Twillies. Twillies? Okay. So that can be another award category. Yes. The winner of the longest running competition in the history of fucking podcasts. <laughs> <laughs> it, has, it, has, it has been going for a while. That it has, but we're very busy people. We are. We are. And uh, the t-shirts, I mean, there was a lot of effing about to um, get the design to a oh, point. Oh, now you bring out the effing about. <laughs> oh, <no. laughs> what was that all about? <laughs> Where's Nathan? What have you done with him? I've just been possessed. I was, I was just uh, obviously I need possessed to concentrate. by an army person. Yeah, I need I need to concentrate <laughs> on my uh, on my on my notes more often because when I do, I, I don't swear off the cuff. I actually I self censor, which is great. Uh, I just wanted to re- it's re- a full time job. <laughs> reiterate a couple of things. Um, someone who knows the the the, the uh, ins and outs of ANZ Stadium on the northern end of the field. Please get back to us before uh, before Sunday so we can figure out a meeting spot for everybody who is at the game and wants to catch up and have a beer or some other beverage of their choice. And secondly... Tomato juice, if you like. No, never tomato juice. Mad Monday. Just remember, Monday coming up, the Opera Bar in Sydney at Circular Quay. We're going to be having our Mad Monday there from 11am. Uh, it's a public holiday. There's no excuses for Sydney siders. Yeah, it's So get down there, have some drinks with us. We will be probably no excuses for Brisbane IT either, really. Well, no, fly day off and fly down and hey, Cruzy Cruzy 06 and the boys, they'll be there. Jesus, the Opera Bar will be (laughs) so happy with us. So so hopefully, the Opera Bar has has some cattle grazing at the back. Kegs into town, and uh, yeah, the the Opera Bar they're gonna uh, how many how many uh, serves of ribs they're gonna sell? All of them. Yes. No matter how many they think they have. Stocks of white wine spritzers are capable of keeping them up to Cruzy. 
Yeah, and I I, I do hope they've got uh, lots of steak and ribs there because they're going to need it because those guys are start eating the furniture. <laughs> <laughs> I mean, I'll tell you what if they run out of ribs they'll start eyeing us off before the, before the Titans the, the wooden spoon battle the t- I, I had dinner with them and um, seeing these guys destroy these you know 500 gram man sized steaks at uh, at Hog's Breath it was it was a sight to behold it was like something on National Geographic you see like a, you know like a line bring start out mating? a fucking <laughs> at Hog's Breath what a- apart, from the ma- apart from the mating part oh, okay. <laughs> so yeah Mad Monday go to operabar.com.au you can get an idea of uh the location, how you might get there, um, by ferry and, and uh, train. By what? Fucking okay. ferry. By ferry and train, dead set easy. Jesus. Uh, easy. Tinkerbell can take you there. Yeah, exactly. Dickhead. Put some wings on Benji Marshall. <laughs> oh, <laughs> but don't expect him to fly as straight as his goal kick, so you might end up in fucking Woolamaloo. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. You might you you won't be able you won't be able to come to our Mad Monday, but you'll end up in Woolamaloo and you can get a fucking Harry's pie. <laughs> Don't use geography jokes on me. Okay. I struggle to make it here. I could every have week. said you could end up at Campbelltown or something like oh, that, but you know, please. I sort of would go you know a bay over or whatever. Um, and finally, the podcast awards. Podcastawards.com. It's really quick to fill out the form. Literally, you just have to put our show in the People's Choice and Sports category. Fill in your name, your email address, and the reason why we should be in there. And uh, the more you do it, the better it is. Uh, we'd love to get a nomination. Thank you very much in advance for doing that. That's all I've got for this evening. That's all I have as well. Can't wait for the grand final. Hope to see as many members of Tour Nation at Mad, Mad Monday or the grand final or both. Mm-hmm. Oh, and remember, if you want to get uh, hand-delivered merch... Yes, us. place um, your orders. Get your orders in by Saturday, 5 p.m. And um, just let it, and, and also let us know uh, when you want to take delivery of it too. Like, are you going to the grand final and you want to get it then? Or if you want to you know, get it off us at the Mad Monday? And we'll have extra stuff anyway, like at Mad Monday. You know, if, if you want to buy something, then, you know, by all means, uh, we'll have stock. Yep. So you can buy. Cool. Probably limited stock because, you know, we're only doing carry-on baggage. But, um, but yeah. How big's your bag going to be? I don't pack lightly. It'll still be carry on. It's gonna, be, yeah, it's gonna be one of those ones that you know you you pull along behind you. Wheelie bag things. Excellent. So that's it. That's it for me too. Can't wait. Looking Go forward to this weekend. Who manly? Glory times ahead. Oh, this is painful. Fucking, we would drink it, and and also also finally, I will be taking the flip camera down, and recording everything on grand final day. Well, not everything because the, the battery and you know the recording. You know, Anyone that wants device. to babysit me through the festivities, put your hand up. <laughs> no hands. Huh? No hands. There'll be plenty of hands. People <laughs> want to look out for me What's when I'm babysitting really involved though? Sorry? Just if you're drunk and you just said just point you in the right direction when you're drunk. Yeah, and look after me. Make sure I don't get into trouble. Get me home safely. Why can't, I, why can't I do that? Because you'll be drunk and obnoxious <laughs> and you do not go out of your way to help me at any stage. I might change. Oh, it's all going. right. It's all right. I'll look after Glenn. No worries. I'll wake up dead in a gutter. <laughs> I dare say you won't be waking up in that case. I'd, look, if you are my only option of looking after me yeah. when I'm drunk and obnoxious and Bri- sick of manly people. I'll get Bryce and Liam to put an eco slab around your feet and dump you in the fucking harbour. They that? wouldn't do that to me. They love me. <laughs> See that, Brycey? Free plug for the business. <laughs> eco slabs. Dispatch your enemies. Excellent. Let's catch up. (laughs) You sound like you're halfway through a sentence then. Let's catch up. 
on Sunday or Monday. See you next week. Even when we're on a budget, we still deserve nice things. Quince is a place to scoop up stunning high-end goods for 50 to 80% less than similar brands. They have buttery soft cashmere sweater starting at $50, luxurious Italian leather bags, and so much more. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. Get the high-end goods you'll love without the high price tag with Quince. Go to quince.com style for free shipping and 365-day returns.